Hi, I'm Stacy. I love talking about how to know and live out God's callings in our lives, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in comfy armchairs. You can head to my website, stacysummero.com, for more on discernment. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-U-M-E-R-E-A-U.com. Hi, this is John. Not Stacy today, I'm sorry. You may recognize my voice from episode one, but I'm not whispering today because the kids are not asleep. They're out playing in the leaves on a beautiful fall day. So Stacy lost her voice after that last episode. Uh, she asked me to take her place for the intro today. Actually, we're just giving the fans what they wanted, which is more of me. She wrote that, not me. Stacy wants to invite you to follow her on Insta. She also wrote that. Uh, Instagram, I assume she's talking about to see cute babies dressed as Saints Benedict and Scholastica for Halloween. Those are our kids, and they are super cute. And you'll also find lots of encouragement to find and live your calling in between episodes of Called and Caffeinated. Stacy is also super busy getting ready for the National Catholic Youth Conference in Indianapolis. Her talk is titled, Whose Reflection Do You See in the Mirror? It's all about seeing ourselves the way God sees us and loving the body we've been given. She'll also be at booth 923 in the exhibit hall, so if you're going to NCYC, please stop by 923 and say hello. Here is what Stacy calls an impassioned plea to become a caffeinated crony. Let's see how well I do here. $5 a month, a mere $5 a month, will get you exclusive access to Coffee Sips, which is Stacy's new faith and lifestyle show. The last two episodes were on money, titled Living Well While Living Well Below Your Means and Saving to Buy a House. Lots of good stuff in there, and you get a wonderful community of like-minded people when you join. That's at www.patreon.com slash calledandcaffeinated. We also wanted to let you know that at stacysummerow.com you can now find shirts and prints, beautiful and brand new. Uh, Stacy designed them herself, and I have to say they, they look really, really good. Every item sold helps support our ministry, and our starving babies, and you get a hand-designed reminder of God's love for you. Buy a bundle for everyone on your Christmas list and save. One of my favorite things to do, says Stacy. Check it out. Finally, please write an iTunes review for the show. If you've been waiting, no more procrastinating, please. Every review counts in helping the show be more visible. All right, this episode is the first father-daughter pair on the show. Mario Costabile, founder of Array of Hope Media, and his daughter Lauren... They're wonderful people. We got to meet them recently. She's uh, a singer with the band and a director of social media for the company. They put on high-quality live shows featuring engaging music and video clips. Their videos can also be found on a number of networks, including Shalom World TV and Formed. We were their guests at a gala recently. They just invited us last week, two weeks ago, something like that. Um, their yearly gala and fundraiser and award ceremony. We got to meet Abby Johnson. She was one of the honorees. It's really cool. It was just a great experience. There was... Uh, great music and fellowship. There were a lot of young young families and couples, even like babies, like the Costabiles were like helping out with babies and serving people food. And it was just super uh, family-oriented and um, faith-filled, prayerful, and a lot of fun. Um, so if you're ever in the New Jersey, uh, New York City area, uh, the gala was in Clifton, New Jersey. Their, their media company is located close by. Uh, check them out or just check them out online or whatever. All right, so... Without further ado, on to the show. Mario and Lauren, it's such a pleasure to have you here with me on Called and Caffeinated. Thank you for being my guests. Oh, thank you for having yes, us. Yes, thank you for having us. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I have my pumpkin spice coffee 
Do you guys, are you coffee drinkers? Uh, I think I drink a little bit too much, but uh, I love, <laughs> love espressos. Espresso. And you're Italian, so you have to, right? Of course. Espresso in Italy. Yes, I've got to drink espresso if I'm Italian, right? Exactly. And I think we're, we're from the same area of Naples, but you were saying that you kind of have family all over Italy, right? Yeah, my family uh, originated in Naples and then they kind of uh, dispersed throughout Italy, but I uh, still have family in Naples and okay. just visited there not too long ago. Mm. Now, were you born in Italy or no, were you born No, I'm, I'm first generation. Uh, okay. My parents came over in 1955 and got married in 56 and I was mm. born shortly thereafter in America. Nice. But what a beautiful thing to still have those connections. Yeah. I love Italy. I could live there in a heartbeat. Oh my gosh. Every part I've gone to is breathtakingly beautiful. There is no part that I don't love. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Lauren and Mario, what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what do those calls look and feel like? I think mm -hmm. a major call that God puts, puts in all of our hearts is really, you had said it, the call to joy, mm -hmm. a call to uh, really uh, to be grateful and have gratitude uh, and really. Um, live your life to the fullest in the sense of seeking God's will and, and mm. that will inadvertently bring you ultimate joy. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people, it's taken me a long time, my entire life to realize that, that that's where joy really lies mm. in a relationship with our Lord. Um, and and it's, it can be done very easily. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, let's talk about coffee, right? Uh, mm -hmm. In the mornings, I usually go to Starbucks and uh, pick up, uh, you know, a, a latte. And uh, I, I make a mental note that uh, when I wake up in the morning, um, I say to myself, well, how am I going to evangelize? How am I going to share the love of Christ with someone? And usually when I walk into Starbucks, uh, I'll, you know, I'll say, uh, hey, good morning. How you doing? And then, and, and sometimes they'll look at me and say, well, boy, you're, you're, you're kind of joyful or happy. And I say, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And, and the point is that it's sort of to, 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 to make them, um, to strike them in such a way to invoke a thought saying, why is this guy so happy, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they, don't really real, they don't ask me, you know, what makes you so happy? But the idea is uh, to be a positive light in the mm -hmm. world. And I think that's a calling from God. I think that's, uh, that's something that we all have to exert and, and make an effort to, to say, mm -hmm. you know what? Uh, God has put me in this world. Uh, he's given me this gift of life. There's a reason and a purpose that I have for this life. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make the best version of myself today. Mm -hmm. And the best way I could do that is to keep God in the forefront and remember him, you know, mm -hmm. throughout the day. And then by doing that, you know, ultimately that'll give me the joy and, and the fullness that I need for that day. Yeah, I love that. I think it was St. Francis, although I'm never sure with my quotes. Um, I do a lot of misquoting, unfortunately. But I think it was St. Francis who said that you should preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Yes. So I love using just a simple hello or good morning or just, just an awareness that you, are, that you have the ability at every moment to be a channel of God's grace to someone. Right on. Yeah, yeah I love that. How about you, Lauren? Um, I think the call to authenticity and being genuine, I think like we're bombarded with so much on social media, with everything mm -hmm. as young adults now that we're seen or we're met with a lot of things that are fake or um, so I think just 
by having that relationship with Christ. And like he said, that joy and just, just permeating that in every sense of, of our lives. Because I think for me, like I'm drawn to people that are genuinely Mm. um, holy and exemplify that. So striving for that. um, I think people can really latch onto that. And then like, like he said, they, they want that for themselves. Each of us want to have that unity with Christ, that relationship with Christ, that joy. We want to be happy. And I think exemplifying that and also, um, you know, just, just that call to share that with other young people, I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you, both of you hit on something so important, which is that the basis of all right decision-making is a relationship with Christ. It's, it's not this, okay, I'm going to pray so that God gives me what I want. And then I'm going to just take the answer and run with it. It's, based on relationship and mutual giving. So I love that. Yeah. And as a, as a director for, uh, you're the artistic director and the director of social media, Lauren, is that correct? Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. So you, it's your job to be on social media. Um, Just going off book a little from the questions that I gave you in advance, like how is that for your spiritual life just being bombarded with all these images? Well, social media can be a scary world sometimes and very negative and Mm -hmm. all-consuming, but it can also be really beautiful um, and really uplifting and encouraging. We've had a lot of people that come to our events and then reach out to us on social media asking for prayers or just asking different questions Mm -hmm. um, just about the faith. So it's actually been very, uh, really beautiful and very encouraging to lift people up and also the encouragement that we get um, from people, you know, reaching out. Um, and, and we always say, you know, Jesus spoke to people in the way that they understood. He spoke in parables in their language. And so that's what we see our job as here at Array of Hope. And that's the way we do that through social media. All, all people now a days are on social media. Hmm. So we need to reveal the message in a powerful way through those mediums and medias that people are on, you know, because mm-hmm. it could be very negative. People are arguing and, you know, and we are so focused on our differences, but we like to use it as a way to really encourage people, meet them where they're at and bring people together. I think mm-hmm. I love social media. I think it really is a beautiful tool mm-hmm. that we've been given to be social. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think now it has become something that uh, kind of turns people inwards and like I said can be very negative but it's all about how you use it and how you view it um, and mm-hmm. for us we we really view it as a very important tool um, for evangel- evangelization yeah I always love seeing your posts on my news feed because they they do always give me that feeling of hope which is right in the name of your company and I love that you're um, you know looking at something that is objectively neutral and choosing to use it for good rather than choosing to um, use it as a way to uh, you know, we just see so many bad uses of it that I, I love that you're, you're making that choice for positivity. Like, like your dad said. Um, yeah. So you guys are my first father daughter team that I'm mm-hmm. having on this podcast, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. I've had some husband wife teams. I've had a lot of um, priests and nuns and all kinds of different people in different walks of life. But I love that you guys work together as a family. And Lauren, you were talking about authenticity and how important that is. And I imagine you can't be not authentic with your family. Like you have to be, <laughs> um, which I would love to hear more about. And, and, you know, I think it's rare to find a family company nowadays. So have you always had this collaborative family culture? Um, and and how, do you, how do you cultivate that in your company? Um, well, um, 
We actually, my other daughter is also part of Array of Hope. She's one mm. of the performers and singers. Awesome. Uh, when I first put Array of Hope together, uh, we, we're a very musical family. Mm-hmm. And since the, uh, the concept and the idea of Array of Hope was to evangelize through music, through film, through media, at events, um, uh, I needed to create something that uh, was at my fingertips. And I said, well, you know what? You know, uh, we've always performed together as a family in our home. And when when the kids were young, rather than sending out Christmas cards, we used to record uh, CDs, Christmas songs. And we would write a couple of songs and send them out to our friends and family. And people got a good kick out of that. And um, so the, the family was already sort of engaged on a musical level and somewhat of a faith level, even when they were young, to do these sort of Christmas CDs. I, I owned a production company and a recording studio so that we would all go into the studio and record. So uh, when I put Array of Hope together, I said, well, you know, maybe we can get the kids to perform live because we'd never really done that before. And, and I have two older sons. One plays guitar and the other one plays drums. And my two daughters that sang, Nikki and Lauren, was the beginning of Array of Hope, and um, which was really awesome as a father because we got, you know, we got the family uh, to do something that they all enjoyed, which was music. And then the offshoot of that was a growth in our faith together, including myself. You know, we were all experiencing the faith together, and I was developing Array of Hope. So, and, and, and this is kind of a long-winded you know, uh, response to your question. No, it's great. Um, but it's, it's always, um, it's always uh, very fulfilling as a father to have, you know, your kids engaged and involved in, in, in what you do and especially your work. And, and even more so for me that since it's, it's serving our Lord, um, you know, to have the kids engaged on that level uh, mm-hmm. is, is very uh, fulfilling and joyful for me. You know, it's something that I know the Lord wants. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that God works through our joy and he works through attraction. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's a lot of suffering involving, you know, in your, in your, in his plan for you rather, or sometimes he allows suffering, but he doesn't actually will it. He really wills for you to, um, to be fulfilled in your work. So I love that you sort of took this ministry, um, or this, this, just something that you love doing and you actually turned it into your full-time profession. So tell me a little more about that. When did it become, okay, we love doing this. Now we're going to actually make this our life's work. Well, it was a, a, over a period of probably almost 10 years. Um, wow. The way Array of Hope started is that um, I was on my own sort of reversion back to the faith, uh, uh, trying to understand purpose. When I hit my 50s, I was, uh, not that I was lost spiritually, but I was uh, confused spiritually, and mm. and I needed to clarify who God was, uh, what the Catholic Church meant in my life, um, was there, uh, you know, um, was there a heaven or a hell? And, and, and if there was, where was I going to end up? Because I, you know, when you start, when you get older, you start thinking about these things, at least I did. Um, so in my own sort of spiritual journey, uh, it kind of parallel paralleled the journey of a ray of hope. I happened to be involved in producing a Christian band uh, and uh, a record for them. Uh, about 10 years ago, and I'd never produced Christian music. I've done a lot of commercial music and jingles and whatnot, but never Christian music. And I felt that I knew very little about it. So I went to Nashville 
and spent quite so, quite a bit of time uh, understanding the whole Christian purpose and and how they produce music mm. uh, down there. Uh, so in doing so, I, I met and worshipped and and got to know. Uh, Christian artists like Casting Crowns, Mercy Me, Amy Grant, mm. Obi Mac. I don't know if you know of any of these artists. But, I do, yeah. Um, they're wonderful. Yeah, I mean, mm. well. They're, we, big, they're heavy hitters in the Christian scene. <laughs> they're like well, the big names. I mean, I was fortunate enough to hang with them, and I was immediately uh, struck on the um, musicality, the professionalism, the quality of what they were doing. Mm. And... Uh, up until then, I always felt that Christian music was sort of not that good, but boy, they really proved me wrong. Mm. Um, and uh, and these were, you know, uh, other denominations or, you know, uh, you know, denominations that were outside of, you know, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. So as it was sort of paralleling my own spiritual journey, while I watched them perform and I saw that how they uh, created these events with media and amazing witness and powerful music uh the lord kind of placed in my heart a a yearning i I was saying but boy i wish catholics were to evangelize at this level because i felt Mm -hmm. that we we were not doing that in in a good way Mm -hmm. and that was the moment that um that seed was planted in my heart it was almost like a sledgehammer hitting me over the head that you know mario you have the skill set to do this um, why don't you just do it? And that was mm-hmm. the seed of a ray of hope to bring that sort of evangelical sort of approach to the Catholic world to draw people in, but then in turn deliver the the teachings of the Catholic Church, where mm-hmm. we would share the sacraments, we would share the importance of intercessory prayers through our you know, the saints, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship with Our Lady, you know, the Blessed Mother, all these things that. Most people knew very little about, but sharing them in the context of an event that was very exciting, mm-hmm. uh, which makes, you know, a ray of hope very unique. And, and that was sort of the beginning of a ray of hope. And that's how mm-hmm. it started. I love it that you saw a need and you said, okay, here I am, Lord, I'm just going to do it. And, mm-hmm. um, and I imagine at the beginning, like it must have taken a while before you really figured out. I mean, obviously you had a vision, but like, how long did it take before you're like, okay, we're going to get. Uh, you know, we're going to get our, Lauren's going to be our social media director and we're going to have a website and we're going to put together a show and we're going to market. Like that is like just an incredible amount of work to bring together. Yeah. Yeah. How many years was it before you felt like, okay, we're really up and running now? Yeah, well, it it evolved. You know, initially, you know, I started Array of Hope within my recording studio. I had a recording studio in New Jersey and I and I I took some of that space and, you know, put a phone in there and I had some people working part time making phone calls and soliciting. So it was very small. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I did a lot of that work and just calling parishes and letting them know what we were doing. Um, And we operated on operated on that level probably about six years, but it started to grow. And I saw that there was a need. Well, in order for us to get the word out, I need someone to be, you know, creating, doing sales. And in order for me to uh, relate to people on social media, you know, I know I need someone to do social media. So I think, Lauren, you started when we were in the studio, right? A little bit part-time. Were you there? I can't remember. Think so. Okay. Um, but it was about three and a half years ago when I um, inadvertently had decided to close the recording studio and become a freelance producer. I was still 
kind of working two full-time jobs. I was working in, uh, uh, my uh, as a music and film producer full-time, and then I was also running Array of Hope full-time. Mm. And we, when I closed that studio, I needed a place to kind of set up Array of Hope. And, and we ended up finding this small place. It's a little under 2,000 square feet. And that's when it, you know, I took a leap of faith. I said, well, look, you know, Lord, if you really want this to move to the next level and become something that is a, a lay apostolate that's really going to work and serve the church, we, we need to, you need to make something happen here. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, we, we, I built a studio for Array of Hope and I said, well, look, you know, I need to bring in some people full time. I think that's when we brought in Lauren full time because she always kind of did it you know, on the side and that position kind of evolved and we saw the importance of social media and, um, you know, so Lauren took that on and then, um, you know, I brought in an event coordinator and, and other various, you know, our production person and, and it just started swelling uh, in trying to accommodate uh, all the work that the Lord really, the vision comes from the Holy spirit. It not necessarily mm-hmm. comes from me, mm-hmm. uh, my discernment, um, you know, the Lord just places these ideas in my head, which to me initially are, are out of the cr- totally crazy. And I'm saying, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then, uh, but, you know, I think the big word is, is trust. You know, we yeah. need to learn to trust and we need to have faith that, and, and really obedience is really important as well. But, you know, I think trust and obedience work together hand in hand. And that's how it's sort of, you know, swelling. And I think now we're, we're going on our fourth year in this space and a ray of hope is going on its 10th year. So the first mm. five, six years was really developing and, and really sort of getting, you know, some legs together as to who we were. Mm. And now we're a little bit more, you know, rooted and established, you know, in mm-hmm. the church and, and have some national recognition as to who we are. So hopefully yeah. that answers your question. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think something I never realized when I was in college or high school was how long things take to grow. Mm. and how long life is. I mean, life isn't really long, but it is, you know, um, and now um, I'm now in my 30s and 31, and I can just so much more appreciate that things worth doing are worth building slowly. Like you said, it was like five, six years before you even figured out who array, what array of hope really is. And um, another, an, an inspiration of mine is Marie Forleo. I've talked about her before. She's not Catholic or anything, but I just love her for um, inspiring entrepreneurs. And, um, and she, I think said it took her seven years before she actually made the leap to do her own business full time. It was like, she was kind of like you working two full-time jobs for a long time, or, you know, one job part-time or a bunch of jobs part-time before she finally made that leap. And so I think that, um, that sort of just that patience of like, okay, this year I can do the building blocks, you know, this year I can get together a website, but it's going to take months. And then next year I'm going to do, um, I'm going to make all the phone calls and do all the marketing and get that started. And you just kind of have to like give yourself a lot of patience. Um, and, and like you said, the Holy spirit was behind all of it because if it's really what you're supposed to do, if you're really supposed to jump into this thing, this creative venture, or even change jobs, like it's not going to go away. It's going to stay with you. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, you know, I think uh, you mentioned a couple of times patience, you know, patience is a virtue. And I think mm-hmm. part of that patience is 
um, being patient for God to reveal his plan. And I think, you know, in those six years that we were sort of figuring out who we were and, and how we would brand ourselves and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, those six years weren't wasted at all. It was part of God's plan for me to understand and how to build a ray of hope and learn skill sets that would enable me to manage a nonprofit organization, right. you know? So I, I couldn't even imagine myself coming up with a ray of hope and then jumping into it to where mm-hmm. we are here because God knew that, you know, he chose me never having any kind of, uh, you know, nonprofit experience, let alone evangelization or, you know, experience. I, I, I didn't have that background, you know. Right, right. So, um, you know, God was preparing me to do what I do today. Um, mm-hmm. Every, you know, every day, every moment is a building block to, you know, in, in fulfilling God's plan. You know, it doesn't really go unwasted. Absolutely. hundred percent. And there's so much, I used to do this when I wanted to be on Broadway and I was in college and I was like longing to be in New York city and performing and auditioning. And I'd sit there and I'd be like, why can't I do this yet? Like, why can't I just have it now? And then I got to the city and I was like going to auditions every day. And I got, you know, it's the business, you're in the business of rejection when you're in New York city. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it just takes so much time. And that was something that I just didn't appreciate But the reality was that, like, first I had to just learn how to get good at auditioning. And I also had to learn how to live in New York City, balancing all of the, you know, responsibilities and not burning out. And I look back now and I'm like, yeah, I just, I didn't see it then, but I wasn't ready. Like, God was using all that time. That's right. It was slow. It was, there were a lot of other skill sets that I didn't even know that I needed to master. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Lauren, how about for you? Like, um, were you working another job and then you decided to join a ray of hope? And if so, you know, what was that leap like for you? Yeah, I was always a part of the concert event um, and performing and witnessing in the, in the live events. But, uh, like my dad said, yeah, I was working, um, another job, but it was really close to where the studio was. So it actually always come, uh, for lunch like my mm. lunch break, I would come and hang out with everybody and talk about a ray of hope. And, um, and then, yeah, probably about four or five years ago, I, I, I came on full time as social media and content um, director, like producing uh, a lot of the films that we do here. And uh, just being more, um, you know, heavily involved in the process of, you know, planning events and, and just like our films and uh, all that. But I think I, I knew that this was where, um, where I was being called uh, to share my gifts and talents. And everyone always asks us like, how, how do you work with your dad? But like, <laughs> we really do not to be cheesy. Like we just get along. We're very similar in personality. We love each other. And it's just unfortunately, like, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for oh, you. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think I just, I just knew like, this is, this is where I need to be. Um, mm-hmm. God opened that door when it, they were able to bring me on full time and still able to, you know, be involved on like the office side and doing mm-hmm. some of the preliminary work before events. And then also like being a part of the actual events so mm-hmm. I kind of do it all, and producing the films. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a natural, kind of a natural progression for you almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Someone who's an accountant or um, social worker or something that 
something when they just don't feel like this job is the right thing for them right now. Cause I think we have a lot of people who feel that way. Um, I certainly hear a lot of that from my listeners. They're like, I'm not really fulfilled at this. What am I supposed to do? So yeah. What, what kind of discernment advice would you give for people? Well, I would say that, you know, God wants us to be joyful and to be fulfilled. And Mm -hmm. if that anxiety or that like unfulfillment is on our hearts, like it's there for a reason because Mm -hmm. God is going to provide us with another situation or another job or whatever it may be, he will lead us there. And I would just encourage people to, to not be afraid to take that leap. Like, oh, maybe I'm going to get a pay cut or maybe I won't be able to live where I'm living. I have to change my situation that, knowing if you truly follow where God is leading, that he will provide and take care of those worries or anxieties. And Mm -hmm. I would just really encourage young people to just kind of take that, yeah, leap of faith. And Mm -hmm. because I think also when we are following that and truly uh, going where God is leading, like the evil one kind of tries to prevent us at all costs. So that's a big thing too. I think kind of just discerning those spirits and okay, like, these are my worries and anxieties, but like I trust in God and I, I know that his plan for me is good. And so I'm going to take this leap of faith because if that's not what he wants, he'll close the door on you, you know, and then you start over and he'll lead you somewhere else. But I think he just simply asks us each day, like, are you going to follow me? And I think if we say yes, in those little ways, like it kind of leads up to those big things like a job change, like a move or, you know, discerning our vocation or the person you're going to marry or the order you're going to join or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just taking those little steps that lead up to those big decisions, because then they don't seem so big. Um, Because we know and we trust that that's where God wants us. Right, right. And just to add to that too, like a lot of the, um, a lot of what goes into discerning a job change would be, what do I really want is the, you know, cause you can make a living doing a lot of different things, but discernment is a, a lot of it is a relationship with Christ that helps you get to know yourself better. Cause obviously Christ knows you inside and out. And so when you have a relationship with him, he can show you what it is that you actually want because he knows what you want. And, um, um, and then from there you can sort of find out like, is this the ideal situation for what, you know, what I would be looking for, or is this at least better, you know, a step in the right direction. Um, My husband was talking to a lot of people. Uh, He was an art major and he wanted to be a monk actually. And then that didn't work out. He wasn't called to that. So then, uh, you know, before he met me, he was like trying to figure out what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And he was going to a lot of different people for, for advice on, on what job to work. And a lot of them would say, okay, well, you know, my job, here's the good things, here's the not so good things about my job. And then they would always finish with like, but make sure it's what you really want before you start. Um, and, you know, if you don't know what you want, that can be really intimidating. But um, uh, but I think starting from that place of, okay, this resonates with a deep desire in my heart and then go from there. And whatever you need to do, going back to school or moving or changing your situation, like you said, like it's going to happen. It's You can figure it out. It's just... Um, starting from that place of self-knowledge insofar as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just to add to that, I think the opposite of fear is trust, you know, and I think mm. when we're discerning um, where, where we need to go, um, I think the Lord lets us know deep down, there's a certain sense of calmness or peace mm. if we're moving in the right direction, you know, mm-hmm. and the only way that that'll happen if, if we actually surrender and trust mm-hmm. and, and, and 
there's an immense amount of joy and, um, uh, uh, you know, peace when, when that mm-hmm. happens, you know, and it might be something like, how could this possibly be where you want me to go, God? But, you know, God knows best, right? God, God wants yeah. us to be happy and can under, he understands uh, our complete potential and where the best version of ourselves lies. Totally. So, yeah, it's, um, it's really standing in the trust of who he is to say, mm-hmm. okay, I, or standing in the truth of who he is to say, I trust you that you know the, the bigger plan. You're right on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now you guys have come up with this really unique vision for Array of Hope. You guys do a lot. So you work with, um, you produce shows, you make films, you work with speakers, um, and, and your shows are, I haven't yet had the pleasure of seeing them, but I hope to very soon. Um, but just going to your website, you have all this great video footage and it's all very high quality, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, it's, it's not hokey or anything. You can tell it's very well done. And you guys have had your films featured on Shalom World TV and formed and, you know, some of the biggest Catholic networks. Um, so I know that, a lot of people will sort of give you the advice that you have to do one thing really well, but I love you guys that you guys are just committed to sort of going where the spirit leads you and like doing a lot of things. So how do you do it all? And how do you balance it all? Well, you know what there, it it looks like we do a lot of stuff, but believe it or not, it's all interrelated to one another. Mm -hmm. When a ray of hope started, uh, my uh, inspiration the inspiration was to create something that was musical, a concert, but also very visual. So mm-hmm. Array of Hope started with films in a live context. I would create a film that talked about the saints or talked about, you know, the, um, the, uh, the virtues of faith, hope, or love, or we talked about uh, the universal call to holiness. There was these little transitional pieces that I created that would create sort of a web, a narrative for the event that people mm-hmm. can follow through, almost like a Broadway show. So yeah. when people after the show would say, boy, I love that film on life, you know, and or I love that film on marriage, where can I see it? It sort of like dawned on us as, well, well, well maybe we can first release these films publicly, or, or maybe we can even create things a little bit outside of the show that's related to the show, or we can even use for the show. Mm-hmm. So that's how the idea of film started developing because we've been doing it anyway so we made it we made it more public in a way so when we developed an area where we can actually distribute our films and once we started doing that then all the networks you know said oh i love your advent series can we show them on our network or Mm. we did a a tv series on fatima where father andrew apostle one of the franciscan friars the renewal before he passed away Mm -hmm. uh it was a 13-part series uh, which was a television series that evolved from us doing these short little excerpts. That was our first step into doing a series. So it was an evolution uh, that just came from what we were doing already. So it's not like, you know, we had this idea, let me go, you know, build a house and, and still evangelize on Sundays. It wasn't completely foreign to what we were already doing, if that makes sense. Totally. But we still do events and we do you know, concerts, we do confirmation retreats that are all focused around witness, music, and films, media. Mm-hmm. And then we share that media through social media, as Lauren explained to you, through the various Catholic outlets. So does that make it like it's not as 
it's not mm-hmm. as broad as you might think anymore because it's all interrelated and, and works with one another. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But I think, um, I think you still do do a lot. It just, mm. you've grown into it. Like when I go to your yeah. website for the first time looking at it, I'm like, wow, these people do so much. Like they've got so many different skill sets, you know? And I, but I love that you, I love that you looked at what this gen- current generation needs. Like we are so used to, um, kind of over like sensory overload in a way, <laughs> you know, we're so used to having so many moving images and yeah. music and, and so much stimulation. I love that you actually incorporated that into evangelization into live events, because like you said earlier, you don't see that really yeah. in a Catholic setting. Like you don't, uh, I guess there's Matt Marr, who is um, a very popular Catholic. He's like probably the number one Catholic artist that I know of. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sure his concerts are, you know, a, quite a visual experience, but you don't see like a concert coming to your parish so right, much. Right, yeah. Well, that was the yeah. idea. I mean, the idea mm-hmm. was to bring sort of these, this sort of uh, multimedia concert experience to the yeah. level. And yeah. you, you touch base also something about the quality. You know, my, my, my professional uh, background has always been uh, to try to produce something um, to the highest level of quality um, because I feel that if something is of a high quality, people will be more apt to look at it and respect it, whether it's mm. faith based or secular based. My background is that we always created content um, that draw pe- drew people in. So I use that same skill set in creating Catholic content and mm. especially with the younger demographic. I mean, uh, if they think it's cheesy or corny, I mean, they're going to shut it off in probably one second, right? Lauren? Absolutely. I think it's like 15 seconds or something. Is it so, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, we've always made a point of making the quality uh, as, as best as it can be, you know, and unfortunately, you know, the Catholic church, uh, the conduit in which the message is delivered has always been inferior to its message for a long, long time. Mm. And I think that's why the church is declining because people are not being reached. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're not being evangelized properly so they could recognize the beauty of the church. They could recognize the importance of the sacraments. Mm. Uh, I think that's why so many people are leaving the church because we're not reaching them. Mm. But if we can use, uh, you know, uh, a a way to reach them that is relevant in their lives, that is poignant in their lives, they're going to recognize the quality of, of of the medium. And then once they ingest the medium and realize, oh, this is Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win. It's very effective. I mean, as Lauren pointed out, we love to use the analogy that we're just using modern day parables, really. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus conveyed the message that was relevant to his time that he, to who he spoke to. That so they can recognize and understand. It's the same thing today. It really hasn't changed. Um, if if we're using images or or, or, or an ability, uh, you know, techniques that we used 50, 60 years ago, and the the images or the videos look dated. If, if anything, it's going to hurt us. We we're going to have a, a a stigma that you know the Catholic Church is corny and old and dated. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we have that already, which right, is, right. which is Absolutely. undeserved. But yes, right. I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, I love that. I love that you're doing whatever it takes to reach people where they're at. Mm. And it's, it absolutely shows on your, on your, your content. Like I was, I was on your website yesterday. I was showing it to my husband and I was like, you know, they do a really 
good job. Like this looks like, um, you know, the very highest quality media website I've ever seen. And yeah, and it it absolutely, I mean, it really does make a difference. Um, I actually did a a podcast episode with um, an artist named Joe Melendrez, who I will link to um, in the show notes. Have, Have you guys heard of Joe? Yes. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Joe, Joe and I are tight. He is wonderful. Um, and he's really been a mentor of mine and he really produces high quality work. That's his whole thing. And again, reaches people where they're at. Um, you know, and I love one of the things he said on his episode, which was like, look at the gifts and talents you have and produce the best you can for Jesus. Mm It's like how you deliver the message absolutely does matter. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have, I see on your website too, you have had the um, privilege of working with Matt Marr as well, right? Yeah, what, 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 in the, the Array of Hope history has always been like if we're doing a tour or we have some larger events, uh, often we'll bring in, you know, some guest performers mm-hmm. uh, to enhance our events. And we've used mm-hmm. Matt Marr, we've used Josh Blakesley, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Zambone, uh, who oh, else? Awesome. Uh, yeah, we've used a lot of different artists from all over the country um, that really uh, – bring something a little different than what a ray of hope, the, the team that a ray of hope offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've really enjoyed doing stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. It keeps it fresh and brings col- yeah. One of the greatest gifts I would say for me, um, this is separate, but related is collaboration. Like you're talking about um, just the gift of, instead of thinking that I need to be an Island and I need to um, sort of build up my own thing and just have my own unique brand. I'd say like, what this podcasting has given me is a community. So while I'm building my own platform, I'm also reaching out and, you know, giving someone else the opportunity to be on your platform is a win-win and in every way. And, and it also, I love that, like, I I think about my, um, like my future, hopefully in heaven. And I think like, you know what, I'm like linking arms with all these people doing amazing things along the way. I'm like, these are going to be my friends into eternity. Like this uh-huh. is just the beginning of the party. And that gives me right. so much hope and so much happiness to think about. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just want to sort of augment what you just said, Stacey, because um, you're 100% right. I mean, our, our we're always trying to find strategic partners and people that we can mm-hmm. work with because sometimes often, unfortunately in the Catholic church, people have, the sort of their own islands that they think they're working from. And the, that's not what Jesus had intended. No, we're, support, we're the universal church. We should all be working together mm-hmm. using our skill sets for the, his greater glory. And um, we're all about that. We're all about, you know, teaming up with people and, and evangel. I think some, it's unfortunate, but sometimes people get a little bit defensive or protective about what they're doing. And, mm. and um, often they forget that, look, you know, the director, the boss is, is Christ, right? Not you. Yeah. You know, we're being led to serve his church here on earth. We should be working together, not mm-hmm. working separately. Uh, and I think the Catholic Church um, could do a better job at that, you know, mm. and uh, uh, mm-hmm. try to bring, um, you know, uh, everyone's ability together. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to share that because you mentioned, I agree 100% on that one. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing and you don't lose anything of yourself. You only gain. And it's sort of, you know, if somebody follows, um, let's say somebody follows you on social media and then you give me a shout out or vice versa, then it's like, Oh, I'm introducing you to my friends. And then it's just, you know, it's this natural sort of, um, like, the adding the power of another witness who you um, who you know who you're like oh yeah you should meet my friend this is great I think too that we're stronger when we work together oh yeah 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if I, I tried recording a podcast episode by myself, first of all, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this by myself or have guests or whatever. I tried recording a podcast to myself and it was like so awkward me talking to an empty room <laughs> and the best conversations absolutely are with other people because it brings out things in me that I'm like, yeah, I totally never thought about it that way. And so we, we all sound smarter. <laughs> we all are smarter, you know, when we collaborate. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've been talking a lot about, um, your relationship with Jesus being the under being the the bedrock and the thing that underpins all of your discernment, all of your choices, all of your your life and your vocation and your career and so forth. So, what are your favorite ways to keep your relationship with Jesus strong? Um, I think for for me, I mean, we go to mass here as a staff each mm-hmm. every day. Awesome. So going to mass, receiving the sacraments, receiving the Eucharist is is a big thing for me. Um, and, uh, we also pray the chaplet, um, together. So praying and, and going to mass. And I think also spending time, um, with Christ and adoration, um, is a big thing because if you want to develop a relationship with anyone, uh, you need to spend time with them and you need to talk to them, um, and be in communication. And that's a beautiful way, um, to do that is to go to adoration or be with Christ in the Eucharist during mass and just really spending that time and praying and all those, all those good things. But mm-hmm. I mean, as like a team, it, it's really beautiful that we can, you know, do that together and grow in our faith um, together. Yeah. Hashtag dream job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I read uh, a staggering statistic that uh, I think it was 85% of our Catholic culture right now does not believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think um, if people really want to establish uh, a relationship with Christ, uh, they have to somehow wrap their minds around the importance of the sacraments and the grace that the sacraments give because they're real and the supernatural ability that it delivers to each and every one of us. I mean, Jesus left them for a reason. Jesus knew that we, he, we needed his help when he left the earth. Um, so, you know, if I could say one thing to one person is, you know, receive the sacraments as frequently as possible, whether it be the Eucharist, whether it be confirm, uh, confession. Um, it's so important that, when you least expect it, that grace will be delivered to you. And it might be delivered to you in courage. It might be delivered right. to you in patience. It might be delivered to you, you know, in um, understanding, uh, discernment. It might be delivered to you in, in in a way that you least expected it, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's uh, I think we need to, and I think that's something I'm being discerned right now that I feel that it's something that a ray of hope will maybe be involved in in 2020 is to really bring the importance back to the culture of the sacraments and where they're rooted from and maybe offer some formation that they're real. And if, if we're struggling, if we feel broken, that's the, the, the first place we should go to. Yes. I agree hundred percent to all of that that you said. Thank you so much for all of your insight. Um, this is going to be a wonderful episode. I cannot wait to put it out to the world and so cool hearing about your, your company and how it all got started. So thank you so much and keep up all the amazing work. Thank you, Stacey. Thank God you. bless you. And we'll pray for you. Thank you. All right. Back to my script. Thank you so much for listening. Please pray for Stacy's voice to return so I don't have to do this again. I'm just kidding. This is fun. No singing today, unfortunately. 
That's what she thinks. If the nightingale could sing like you, he'd sing much sweeter than they do for instance. Please help out by writing an iTunes review. Once again, we really appreciate those. And here, this is this is super cool. Father Mike Schmitz. Father Mike Schmitz himself will be on the Call and Caffeine podcast coming up in just a few episodes. This will be epic, says Stacy. Don't forget about that iTunes review now. Um, that's, that's a little overkill. It's not that big a deal. If you feel like giving us an iTunes review, that'd be great. If not, don't worry about it. God bless. Stacy, we'll see you in two weeks.